0: Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Tate Frazier, and on the line after a long drive from Las Vegas, Mister Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing?
1: I'm great, Tate. I mean, what a great Sunday for football. I mean, you know, a watching it in, in those in the casinos is an incredible place. I, I love it. I mean, I was up early this morning. People were in jerseys. I saw. I was getting coffee next to a guy with a Teddy Bridgewater jersey on, and I said to the guy, "I said, Do you expect to play today?" And he's like, yeah, I think I might get in today, you know. And so it was awesome. I mean, what a place to watch games! Like, I, I think it would be like playoff time—just the one game because you could really focus and listen to the reaction. Like when Jacksonville covered, when when they covered the spread against uh, Cleveland, when yep. Kaiser fumbled the ball. Just for, uh, for the just for the record, Kaiser could never hold my grandson; he might drop him.
0: <laughs> okay? we, we got to come up with a nickname for Kaiser. I threw out there today, Kaiser Permanente, because. You know, not only does he have you covered, but he's going to throw it into coverage. Uh, yeah. But but I heard Kaiser Soze too, so I think that might be the best one. We we had someone it, reach out. It might,
1: yeah, but he, he the, Kaiser Soze is the is the you know the, the greatest trick the the devil ever said was making people think he didn't. We know he's there. You know, like he's <laughs> teaching us he's there. So anyway, so when he fumbles and Jacksonville has this miraculous cover, which I didn't think they would do. I thought they would win. I didn't think they would cover. Mm-hmm place went bizarre it was
0: great absolutely and I will say this Case Keenum to that uh, Teddy Bridgewater fan that you saw he said not so fast congrats to Case no, Keenum it a... I can't believe it. He, he's putting up performances week to week he got his revenge on the Rams today uh, I just want to give him his due because we, we said this week leading up on the Saturday sit down that we thought we'd see Teddy Bridgewater because he would struggle a little bit and he stepped up He yeah. made plays
1: he really did really did and they stepped up as a team. I mean, they're really well I mean, the first drive Rams went right down the field and that was the last they, you know, they Rams made some mistakes. I think it's a good game for the Rams. They kind of got a feel for what it's going to be like in a playoff from the crowd noise, from the way the game goes with the adjustments. I mean, Rams had a good game plan to start out with, and then Zimmer, who's the bet really a really good adjustment coach. He came back, changed the adjustments, he did some things, and then the Rams made their changes. It was a good—that was a really well-played—that was a good game to watch. It was close at 7-7 at the half, and, you know, the Vikings kind of ran away with it in the fourth quarter. But it was a really good game to watch. But not as good, Tate Fraser. (laughs) Not as good as my man, the Clapper. I enjoyed every inch of this Eagle victory tonight.
0: So let's talk about it. So it's Sunday Night Football. We got the NFC East showdown here. We got the Cowboys. We got the Eagles— Everyone wants to see if the Eagles are a legitimate team. People still had their doubts. Uh, some people wanted to see if this Eagles really was the class of the NFC. And they go into Dallas and they just smack them in the mouth. Jason Garrett has really no answer except for to clap, as we have. Uh, he conti- has no conti- answer conti- ever. We've been making I mean, fun of it. Only,
1: <laughs> He has to coach a Pro Bowl team. This is this is a requirement. If Jason Garrett must have a complete team, and it's got to be a Pro Bowl team, or else he's not coaching. Like at some point, like. Okay, the Eagles lose their left tackle. The Eagles lose their starting linebacker. Everybody loses players, and they find a way to win. I mean, the Vikings, for example, lose Sam Bradford, lose Dalvin Cook. find ways to win. Harrison Smith misses games. Everybody loses a guy except for Dallas. When he loses a guy, the whole thing falls apart. I mean, it's like at some point, when is when are we going to sit there and say, you can't coach a Pro Bowl team, Jason. You're going to have to show you can coach.
0: And we saw Dak Prescott. I mean, he obviously had a tough night. He was 18 for 31. He had three picks tonight. But, I mean, it pretty much just crumbled from the start. The Eagles ran all over them. Jay Ajayi had another really solid game for the Eagles. Carson Wentz looked like the MVP candidate that we expected him to be. We even saw Torrey Smith get a touchdown. I mean, just from top to bottom, those two teams, it just looked like the Eagles were much more prepared to win this football game, and they looked like the team that was, you know, on the brink of a wild card spot, and instead you know, they're now going to be 9-1, and, and you know, they're basically the one seed in the NFC uh, at the moment, so I, I don't know I mean, what to yeah, do with you I mean, Jason the parade,
1: We know the, the praise going through Philadelphia. I mean, absolutely. They've already bought all the... There's, <laughs> there's no more confetti left. I mean, Angela Cataldi from WIP, the morning show, and WIP, he's already bought all the confetti in town, so there's no more. Nobody needs to buy it. He's got the parade organized. But how about this, Tate Frazier? They get outscored. The, the Cowboys get outscored 30 to nothing in the second half. Like At some point, if you're only going to clap, like what are you going to do? They, they had played really good defense. They played 30 minutes as best they could. The first drive, the Eagles went down the field. But at some point, you've got to say, okay, we're not getting open. We can't separate. Our skill players, I don't care what anybody tells me, the Dallas skill players are not nearly as good as everybody thinks they are. They are not great. So you got to use some scheme and get some ways to get them open, and they still can't do it.
0: What do you think happens with Jerry Jones this week? Does he call Jason Garrett and say, what's going on here, Jason? Let's figure this thing uh, out? Or, or, or is uh, he just uh, completely ignoring?
1: I mean, I think if he's paying attention, he's, J- Jason's declared who he is. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason has showed him who he is. That Unless he has an all-star team and unless he has all his coordinators in line, that basically he, he is a clapping coach. That's what he does. Like there's no Springsteen song that's going to bail him out of this one.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it was a really tough day if you're a Cowboys fan. I don't, I don't think they really have an answer at this point. Um, obviously, the NFC is getting packed and packed. And if the Falcons somehow sneak a win out tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, then that wild card race really gets interesting. Um, so that was a tough loss for the Cowboys. I, I hope the clapper has like a, a, a secondary job well, or we a second got a Thursday occupation.
1: Night. After <laughs> Turkey, we have them Thursday night. You know they're going to be. He's playing the Chargers. I, I think that, you know, we get to see him clap the whole time. I mean, what would Thanksgiving be without a good clap?
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. Hopefully he's just, you know, eating pie and clapping on the sideline, because that's pretty much all he's doing at this point, it's just clapping and smiling. And he doesn't seem affected by anything, Lombardi, which really stresses me out.
1: No, it really doesn't. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, he just got... I mean, he just got smoked. I mean, look, I think the Eagles are good. Don't get me wrong. I think Carson Wentz is the MVP of the league. I think he's done a really good job. And I think their defense is really, really good. And I've said that. But I... Like to me, the the game should not be you're going to get smoked 30 to nothing. When the Eagles don't even have a kicker, their kicker gets hurt. They don't even have a kicker for the second half. Like that, to me, is something's going wrong. But I mean, Cowboy fans, you're living with it. I mean, this is what you have. I mean, could you imagine if Belichick were coaching that team?
0: Yeah, I think they'd move some parts around. I I think we would see less of Terrence Williams. You know, Terrence Williams had some bad. I don't know. I, I feel like one game a year we get Terrence Williams playing at a premium, and then he just completely drops off, and, and that was what Correct. it was today. A lot of tip balls, and obviously Jalen Smith, you know, God love him. God love his story, but, you know, he's he's still having struggles at that middle linebacker well, position. Well, I just
1: wonder, my question is, what is Jason watching? Like, what is he watching? Like, at some point, what is he watching? Like, at some point, hey, here's what we need to do. We need to try this, we need to do that. Like, why not try something? You know, but they just see, the, the thing is, here's the thing with... People have to understand about Dallas. It's always the players' fault. They're never good enough on players, so it's going to be their fault. And if it's always going to be that way, you're never going to win because you're never always going to have better players than the other team. What? At some point, you've got to figure out a solution without blaming the players. And unfortunately, in Dallas, they just they blame the players because we're just not good enough there, and they're just going to figure it out. I mean, you give up 37 to Philly, and go, you went in at halftime, you're up nine, and you gave up 30 points in the, the second half playing home. Not
0: good. And you talk about excuses, and we talk about a team that you know saw their rookie running back. We're going to talk about the Vikings now. Obviously, you know you lose Dalvin Cook, you lose Sam Bradford, uh, you got this guy Case Keenum that you throw in there. You're two and two last year. You started out the season five and zero and ended up fin- finishing eight and eight. So you've had the demons of losing players and having to deal with the consequences of that. But, it, but besides that, Mike Zimmer coaches this Vikings team. I mean, they let the Rams come out in this game. They go 75 yards in four minutes, score a touchdown, go up 7-0. to zero, And it looks like one of those games where, oh, it's the Rams on the road. These guys have it all figured out. But Mike Zimmer makes the adjustments. He does the coaching that you would like to see, that we'd love to see from the Clapper himself. And the Vikings completely turn this game around. And after the game, Kyle Rudolph's talking about playing in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, you know, because they're hosting the Super Bowl this season. So... Th- that that's an example of a team, you know, dealing with the adversity and being able to figure it out. Uh, and you know, what do you have to say for the Vikings because they look like a j- legitimate contender at this point?
1: Well, well, look, I mean, he goes into the game. I mean, Zimmer works backwards, which is the way most great coaches work. The way I lose to the Rams if Gurley gets going, the way I lose to the Rams is if Goff completes a deep pass. So now, when you look at the stat sheet, you say, okay, did we accomplish that? Yeah, you sure did. Gurley's longest run was eight yards. He averaged two point five a carry. Okay. Goff, who's throwing mad bombs down the field, except when you limit those play actions, they played every one of McVeigh's great play actions where he wads it up, mm-hmm. he handles it. They played everyone perfectly. The longest pass play was 23 yards. So they did a really good job. It didn't matter that Robert Woods had eight catches for 81 yards. They limited it. They said no big plays to Sammy Watkins. His longest play was 15 yards, and they worked backwards. And then they managed the game. They didn't lose the game. They didn't make mistakes. They didn't turn the ball over. Look, Goff didn't make mistakes. He didn't turn it over. They fumbled on the one going in, but for the most part, they played... They just got... They got The Vikings played better than the Rams, and they understood what they had to do to win the game, and that's why, to me, I mean, that's what you need to do in the playoffs, and that's what never happens in Dallas.
0: And I will say this. I mean, you, you talk about a guy going out of the game, Xavier Rhodes, who I believe is you know the best player in the secondary for the Vikings. He goes out of the game in the second quarter, and they just plug in Mackenzie Alexander. Terrence Newman moves into the slot... And they just deal with it, you know. The, the defense stays at the same level despite losing one of their best players. And we talk about, you know, it's a player-driven league at some level, especially in Dallas with the Clapper. But I don't know. The Vikings figured out a way to win without those guys, and it's impressive. It makes you really and, believe. And they
1: figured out how to win, and they figured out how to get off the field on third down. The Rams were one of the best third-down teams in football. Mm-hmm. They, they only converted three third downs in the game. I mean, that was making the first half maddening when you're watching the Cowboy game. I mean, Carson Wentz was bad on third down in the first half, and you didn't take advantage of it. You didn't take advantage of it. You know that game at halftime. If you force the Eagles to five three and outs or punting, like they did. You should be able to put some points on the board. No, no, couldn't do it. But Minnesota, I, I think that's why Minnesota to me is impressive. They're mentally tough. They're hard to play. The crowd noise is good, and their defensive line just finds a way. And they adjust. They don't panic. They just adjusted their way out of the game.
0: And let's talk about another NFC team that made some big adjustments today, and let's go to the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints, we talked about this game uh, on the Saturday sit-down, a, a game to watch. Uh, it wasn't one of our picks, but uh, it was just a game to watch. New Orleans gets down early in this game. The Redskins look like a real uh, a, a team that, you know, we expect to see it in playoffs. They're playing at that level um, with Kirk Cousins and those guys. And Chris Thompson gets hurt, obviously, but we see a lot of P Ryan And I don't know. Everything looked like it was rolling in the right way. They get up two touchdowns, but the Saints just don't go away at home in the dome. They come back, they make a run. Obviously, uh, Drew Brees is you know looking like himself, you know playing like himself, and they make this great comeback. And New Orleans steals one, uh, basically, in a game that they should have lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. We know this about the Redskins. The Redskins' two-minute defense is not very good. Mm-hmm. And the Redskins had, you know, the Redskins are sitting there with three minutes to go in. With 5.58 to go in the game, the Redskins are up by uh, 31-16. The Saints get the ball. They come back down the field. They have three timeouts. They force the timeouts. And they get the two-point conversion. I mean, Alvin Kamara, to me, Tate Fraser, he's got to be the rookie of the year, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, is anybody playing better than him?
0: I don't know, but I know that catch. He he basically he had this little out route, and uh, he fumbles the ball into a touchdown. And when that stuff stuff like that happens, it's sort of destiny. You know, it just feels like it's all going to work out this season for the Saints, and things are just bouncing the right way for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the Redskins, and then they get overtime, and the Redskins give up 51 yards rushing on two plays mm-hmm. and lose the game. I, the Redskins are one of those teams where they really are better than their record, but this is their record. They can't win close games, and they never fix the problems. That from one week to the next. They just never fix them. They never address their two-minute problem. And, you know, they can blame Kirk Cousins all they want. I thought Kirk Cousins played as good as he did. As I mean, Kirk Cousins was really good in this game. He made some tough throws. He got the shit kicked out of him, and he hung in there. I thought he was really impressive.
0: Yeah, Kirk Cousins, 22 for 32, 322 yards, three touchdowns today. Uh, I will say this. The New Orleans Saints, if there's one thing that I never thought I would say, the best one-two uh, running back combo in the in, in the NFL. I mean, you know, obviously when they had the Deuce McAllister, Reggie Bush, that's what everyone thought that would be. Uh, but it's really come full circle. Now it's Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara because both those guys uh, – they're legitimate. They they have a running game, and it's not just a, a one trick pony with Drew Brees throwing the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, and Jay Ajay, you're going to get Philly fans are going to get mad at you because now they're going to take Jay Ajay in. and you're going to be in the same boat I'm in with the Philly fans is Lagara Blunt and Jay Ajay is the best one two punch you could have, and then Corey Clement, so they got a one two three punch. So you better be careful now. I'm sorry, you know, the Eagles got that parade. Up. All right, but I agree. <laughs> I, I think that this and what I was a little bit worried about watching the reds watching this Redskins Gi- Saints game. I was thinking maybe Breeze can't lead him back. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't have it. You know, he underthrew the first interception really badly. He just didn't look like he had And then all of a sudden, hit that, those final drives, you know, he was able to look like the Drew Breeze of old. And look, when you can get a game, win a game like this at home when you come from behind, that's such a confidence builder. You feel like, hey, look, we can win any game now. We're never out of a game. And the defense responded. It got off the field on third down. I'm sure, I am sure if. Kirk Cousins if uh, Jay Gruden had his way he would have probably thought you know what? I got to get a first down here if I give them the ball back I could be in trouble but he ran it three times he did this he did the right thing and it didn't work out for him
0: yeah I think that last drive when they had the fumble to end the game you could tell that the offense was pretty much shook at that point The the Saints had yeah. all the momentum back on their side uh, let's keep it moving we're gonna talk about the abysmal AFC West it was a tough showing, and we should say the Chargers obviously were amazing today. They put up 54 points, 34 in the first half against the Bills. But besides that, the Broncos, you know, lose to the Bengals in a very ugly game. Uh, after the game, John Elway calls them soft, and then the Raiders in Mexico City just basically no show against the Patriots. They had one touchdown uh, that was basically in, in garbage well, that, time.
1: Well, you know, look, the Raiders had two weeks to prepare for that. Yep, they're coming off a bye, so they had two weeks to prepare for that. So you know that. You know, I mean that was a, that was abysmal. I mean that was you just knew Tom Brady was going to tear them apart.
0: I don't. Understand. I mean if you're the, yeah. if you're
1: Jack Del Rio, anytime you punted in that game, you knew you were going to give up points. You had to know that. The the, the Denver game to me, you know, and, and we'll talk about who needs to go on the lam. But Denver losing at home, you know, giving up twelve first downs and losing the game to the to the Cincinnati Bengals to me is you know like there's there's deeper issues in Denver than just this. I mean, and he can talk about him being soft all he wants, John Elway. But John Elway's learning that you can't run the you can't run an NFL team from the president's chair. The head coach, you can't minimize them like this. And that's what's happening. You can't say stuff about the team because ultimately this team has to be run by the coach. It can't be run by the GM. And I, I think this is what he wants to be Al Davis, and I ain't going to be Al Davis because it's never worked for Al. If it didn't work for Al Davis, it can't work for anybody.
0: I know who Brock Osweiler is not, and that is John Elwo. We saw some of, I mean, Brock Osweiler, the heist as you like to call him, he missed some throws today where if he was playing darts, he would miss the whole board. I mean, it wouldn't right. even stick in the wall. It would just hit the ground. I, I've never seen some of that. Like, the ball would just clunk on the sideline, and you would see Demaryius Thomas look back at him like, where is that football? I have no chance to catch that. Would it, would it just give me a chance. Um, yeah, it was a pretty poor performance from the Broncos. I, I don't know what they do with the quarterback position, but I know Brock Osweiler is not the answer.
1: Well, look, I mean, last week, last week when, when Cincinnati played, they couldn't stop the run. I mean, they mm-hmm. gave up over 180 yards rushing. This week, Denver couldn't really run the football. Bad, at, you know, and then we still haven't hit the but most, the worst AFC performance. And I'm sure this is one Simmons is going to be pissed off about tomorrow because he was worried about this game. He had himself going on a teaser and had some things going, him and Cousin Sal, and all he needed was Andy Reid not to be Andy Reid. And the Chiefs ended up, I mean, McAdoo. 2-8 beats, beats this team, you got to be really worried about that.
0: Let's talk about McAdoo a little bit. We, we played our game last week, McAdoo and McAdon's. Um I think we got in his head, Lombardi. I, th- I think we got him to course correct a little bit. The Giants get a win in overtime. We had a lot of overtime games today, but this one was probably, uh, I guess, the most fun but also the ugliest. Uh, do you think Andy Reid was just trying to give his student uh, you know, a nice little W so he could hold on a little bit longer with the Giants?
1: I don't know. You know, like to me, it's just like, look. I know the Chiefs are not great on defense. I know you can move the ball on the Chiefs. I mean, you, they'll let you move it from twenty to twenty, but usually they play pretty good. They turn the ball over, but today, Kansas City turned the ball over, which was something they hadn't been doing all year. Alex Smith threw two interceptions. You know, this Travis, Travis Kelsey. They try to run this. Did you see that play where it was the it was the halfback? They tried a half. The, oh, with his interception pass. Away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, like, like you know. No, no. I mean, at some point, you know, they ran out of trick plays. And, I, I mean, Kansas City's one in four over the last five games. Alex Smith, once the MVP candidate, is dwindling away. And if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill making an incredible 38-yard catch down the field, they really don't have much offense going. I, I, and, you know, Kareem Hunt, he only had 18 touches in the game, and he was the main guy running. And, look, finally the Giants played well. Give him credit. McAdoo kind of got him to play well. I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but they play well and they got to win, so you got to give them credit for. It. But the AFC West, I think, first team to nine wins.
0: Um, let's talk about the final, the f- the fifth performance of the of the night that really stuck out to you, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They go into the sleet in Cleveland uh, and they sneak out a win. Blake Bortles. Handled his business up there in Cleveland. We thought the Browns ah. had a chance to maybe make some noise uh, and get another win, get their first win of the season. But you know, I, I, you they know, stopped I didn't them. think
1: they would win, but I thought they would cover. And obviously, you know, a lot of people didn't. I mean, I thought they. I they, were, they were getting like nine points. I forget how many points they were getting, but I thought they would cover. You know, I thought it would be a close game. I thought it would be a snow game. I, I thought that they would struggle to run the ball. I mean, the Browns held them to three two a carry. They had forty four rushes, three two a carry. And Bortles was just being just playing Bortles. He didn't turn the ball over. had some horrible throws. But, you know, the Browns can't do anything offensively. I mean, he got sacked five times, turned the ball over. I mean, they gave the game away. And, you know, this is the way Jacksonville, Jacksonville wins games. I mean, they give a game. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see two teams from the – we could see two teams from the north. Tennessee beating Baltimore a couple of weeks ago is a huge win because that will give them the wild card. So we're going to see either two teams from the north or we're going to see two teams from the south uh, – we could see both those teams as wild cards, and neither of them are very good. But Jacksonville is going to win the win the South, and I'm not sure they're any good. They just play, and they find a way to win a game. And the style is going to have to change because you're not going to be able to play this way come playoff time.
0: Yeah, and it was good to see Fournette back there. There was a little he would think he was questionable before before the game with an ankle injury, yeah, but
1: they worked him out before the game.
0: He he looked like himself. He he made some big plays for him, so that's always good for the Jaguars. Uh, let's go to one of our favorite segments, and that is guess the narratives for the week. Um, when you're looking ahead at the landscape before we head into Week 12, and obviously the Thanksgiving games, what's the biggest thing that you're looking forward to for, for the media to dissect Lombardi?
1: I I think the narrative this week is who's who's in the playoffs and who isn't. I think we're in a league where you know you, there's so many teams you can eliminate. I mean, you know the the Broncos are three and seven now. You know they're gone. The the char- the bills are five and five are they gone I mean we didn't even talk about the great Miami Dolphins I mean we saw Jay Cutler go down with a he went down with another concussion today uh, and, and they brought in Matt they Moore. brought in uh, Matt Moore yep. and Matt Moore was really good they kind of let him back I thought they were actually going to come back and win that game and they didn't do it uh, Tampa Ryan Fitzpatrick play well but like they're both four and six two four and six teams the Texans are four and six I think what you're seeing is I think this week's narrative. Will be about the playoffs, and I think the other conversation is going to be the Patriots and the Steelers are the two best teams in the AFC. They play, I think, in the third, the last, uh, I think, week fifteen of the season in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. I think that game should determine home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and I think that'll be the narrative. Those two things for me. How about you?
0: I think my big thing is Jack Del Rio. It's going to be Rio. You thought it was going to be Rio Grande, but it's going to be Rio Pequino. I think uh, I think he's going to be the guy to get knocked out. I, I think he's going to be on the hottest seat because these Raider fans expecting something more from this team. And I don't know. It looks like he's lost a team to go to Mexico City off a of bye week to have Derek Carr healthy playing quarterback to have all these talents on the outside with Crabtree and Cooper. You know, to have Marsh. I mean, all these things that were supposed to happen this year and, and to make a run to the Super Bowl. None of it has gone right. And at this point, I feel like the people are going to start calling for him to have some answers. And I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot of Jack Del Rio. What's going on here with the Raiders?
1: I mean, they gave up 420. The, the the Patriots had 420 yards in 27 minutes, and they went no huddle, which is classic. It was like the Raiders weren't even ready for it. Like, any time the Patriots play a team with a great great defensive rusher, they're going to go no huddle, especially in the altitude, where they know they can gain an advantage. They practiced out there all week, and they tired them out. I mean, the Ra- the Raiders were tired in the first series of the game. It just went right down the field. And, you know, their red zone efficiency, again, wasn't great for the Patriots. I mean, Steven Guskowski had a kick, a 62-yard field goal at the end of the half. But it was classic Raiders. I mean, classic Patriots. They get a field goal at the end of the half, and they get a touchdown to start the second half, and they just open the game up. I mean, the Patriots look like they're back in rhythm, and the Raiders, I agree with you. I think Del Rio, I think he's a little bit like the Clapper. Like At some point, somebody's going to ask, like, what does he bring to the table? He's going to have to change it because his offense isn't very good right now, and his defense is terrible.
0: And we usually save this segment for Tuesday our Tuesday slash Wednesday show uh, where we do not for nothing and you insult people a little bit, but we have some people to insult tonight. Uh, and first up, we have the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott, a team that we've given a lot of praise to uh, throughout yeah. the run of GM Street this season, but... They look like a totally different team, and their quarterback, Nathan Peterman, For <laughs> I don't know why that decision was made to bench Tyrod Taylor. I mean, obviously he had been struggling, but Peterman comes in, throws five interceptions. I mean, he at one point I think he had four interceptions and five completions. Uh, it was a tough day for the Buffalo Bills, and what do we say for Sean McDermott and that team?
1: I, I, look, I think everything McDermott's done, I've been a real positive. I think it's one of the dumbest things he could have done. He was going out and playing an off, a defensive front that he was going to have a hard time blocking. His quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, wasn't great. But the one thing Tyrod did was protect the football. And the formula for Buffalo to win games is simple. We're going to create turnovers. We're going to play on the short field. We're going to run the ball. I think what Buffalo doesn't really have, they need a better offensive system. I mean, they're trying to run the Denver thing. Rick Dennison's the offensive coordinator. But it's really they need more of a passing game. And, and Peterman wasn't very good. I think it was a horrible decision to, to play him in a game on the road in Diego, in Los Angeles against a really good front. you know. And now you've destroyed it. Now they can't put the kid back on the field. I mean, they might as well just cut him. I mean, it's hard to get him back on the field. They're not going to cut him. But it's hard to get him back on the field. You've got to go back to Taylor. You're 5-5, five and five, and you've got to restart your season again. I thought it was a horrible decision. That's why I thought – the, the Chargers were really the team to play this week, and that's what we talked about on the Saturday sit-down. I thought it was a really good – because it just didn't match up well. They needed to be able to control the ball, run the ball, which they could have done, but they got so far behind it was ridiculous. And now the Chargers at 4-6 and six are sitting there like saying, hey, man, we could be something. They go in and beat the Clapper this week. They could be right in it.
0: Absolutely, and I I will say this about Tyrod. I mean, as, you know, if you were sitting in the chair in the front office, you know, this decision is made by McDermott to bench Tyrod Taylor. What does that do to the psyche of the team? Because he comes in and he turns the offense around a little bit. They started putting on, you know, they had some garbage time touchdowns. He seemed to be playing within himself and looked like the guy that, you know, had led them to the five wins to start the season. Um, You know, what is the transition now to go back to him and say, okay, you now are our guy again? I mean, I I think that just adds some some weird stuff. I mean, I, I saw McDermott You know, slapping high fives with Taylor after he scored a touchdown, and you know everything seems hunky dory. But is that a weird situation with the team where they're like, you know, this was our guy, and then you said it wasn't our guy, but now we got to go back to them?
1: I think what you got if if you're Sean McDermott, you got to walk in the team meeting on Monday and say, "Look, fellas, I blew it. It's not on Nate Peterman. It's not. It's not on him. It's on me. I made the wrong decision. We're going to go back to Tyron Taylor. We're going to play football the way we are." I'll take full responsibility for giving up the points. We played, we, we gave away a game. It's on me. I learned something. We're going to go back. We're going to focus on, on our opponent. We're going to work on the things that we do, the Buffalo Bill way, and I think he'll gain a lot of credit. Look, the one thing players want when you blow it, they, you admit your mistake, and when you blow it, you've got to admit your own because then they trust you more, and I think that's what he has to do.
0: Absolutely. And let's talk about another team that needs some insulting, and that is the Washington professional football team. Uh, Jay Gruden goes in and gets a big league in uh, New Orleans today. A little like a chance for them to steal one um, on the road, but did all, you think, did they you all think fell they apart.
1: You think it was going to you think it was going to cut you knew they were going to lose it didn't you
0: when they got up by 14 and you know i, I it was in that I danger 15, zone it was there up by 15 oh up by 15 yes and then they were in that weird danger zone where i think it was what 31 to 17 or something like that i don't remember what it was 31 whatever but it, regardless yeah they were
1: up by 15
0: yeah and then, you know
1: i mean like but they're such a weird team like I, I have no idea like you know we have them thursday night we have thanksgiving we got we got the McAdoo's versus Jay Gruden. we got them for <laughs> thanksgiving night that's our thanksgiving night meal
0: that's going to be good. I wonder what they're going to and do.
1: This will be good. I, I I I just think the Redskins. The, there's no attention to detail with their team. They don't cross the t's. They don't dot the i's. And they lose games that they shouldn't lose. They're a little bit like the, the They're a little bit like the Cowboys. Although their offense, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Jay Gruden as Kirk Cousins. They move the ball effectively, but you really got to worry about. It. They just can't nail it down. They just don't know how to finish games. They're truly. A fifty-five
0: minute team. It's weird too. It almost feels like they're in a better position when they're down late in a game than it is when they're when they're ahead. It seems like they're going to blow it if they have a lead and a team's driving on them within the two you know with two minutes left in the game. But if they had a lead, they maybe can figure it out. But for whatever reason, they seem to to always be on the wrong end of things. Just like uh, our Los Angeles Chargers until today when they got a big win. All right, we're going to take a quick break here to get a word from our sponsor, and we will be back to hand out Week Eleven awards quick break to get a word from our sponsor hotel tonight an awesome app for finding and booking great deals at great hotels the holidays are coming up and you know what that means lots of family time but with the hotel tonight app you can have the best of both worlds visit your family and stay in a sweet hotel No crashing on an air mattress in your old bedroom that your parents turned into a gym. You don't even have to wait until your family starts to drive you crazy. You can actually book a room up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities, which means you can lock down your holiday plans before you head home or wait until the last minute if that's more your speed and make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. My God i uh please avoid that folks whether you need a room for tonight the holidays or beyond you definitely want to download the hotel tonight app because while home is where the heart is hotel is where the hot tub room service and other amenities are so this year pull out the pullout couch and get a room with hotel tonight all right lombardi week 11 awards to give out uh first up time to go in the lamb who needs to go on the lamb this week
1: well, I think Sean McDermott needs to go on the lam more than any, you know. I mean, that decision with Nate Peterman, you've got to put you on the lam. There's no question about that. I mean, my man Jason Garrett should get his toothbrushes. He should go on the lam after this <laughs> performance. I mean, if he were, you know, he's got to walk in a jury and, like, well, you know, he's going to say, well, you know, we just didn't have our guys, you know, you know, but I think it might be time for him to go on the lam. I mean, the heat's on because at some point you can't always have a perfect team. and At some point you've got to demonstrate why you're getting paid $7 million. At some point you got to do it. And it's just not always on the players.
0: I think it's going to be a lot like the actual clap on lights. You know, they were in fashion for a little while. It was cool. It was easy. It was convenient. You know, it made sense. It all worked out. You would put in all this work and now you could just clap your hands on and get the lights. But eventually things die out and, and, and trends and fads die out. And I don't know. It looks like the clapper may die out.
1: I, you know, I don't know. Maybe Chris Christie's got some advice to give Jerry out there at the game. I mean, you know, Christie Christie's an amazing. He's the governor of the state of New Jersey, and he roots for the Cowboys, and he's in the box when they're playing the Eagles. Like I'm telling you, what this guy after this guy's like he has no touch of reality. None.
0: Well, we we call that bandwagon fan, right? Uh, absolutely
1: absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. No doubt.
0: (laughs) All right, next up, we got the Fred Palermo Award for the best game plan this week, and that's going to go to our boy Mike Zimmer, right, with the Vikings?
1: Yeah, I thought he was good. You know, I mean, what he did to the the Rams, the high-profile offense, what he was doing, I thought his game plan was outstanding. He didn't panic. His team played well. They adjusted. They rushed. You know, he put Griffin over on the right tackle, Haverstein got some pressure back over on him. I think he did a nice job. He made Goff play faster, which Goff didn't play as well, you know, didn't give him any big. you about golf though. I, I was impressed with golf toughness today. He took some huge
0: hits. He took a some hit from Anthony. Hits. He took the exact same hit that Anthony Barr put on Aaron Rodgers that took him out. They did. They did yeah. throw the flag, but I mean, he took the exact same hit and he got right back up and kept playing. So that that really stood yeah, out I to mean, me.
1: And the announcers kept saying he felt like he looked like he. I, I think there was something. Uh, he might be hurt. There was a little bit like his shoulder was bothering him, but I, you know, I'll give him credit. I mean. The Saints, I, I, I mean, Fred would be proud. They got they utilized their, their their system really well, and they ran it. I thought it was a pretty impressive win.
0: I'd watch out for that collarbone because he really got he got drove into the ground the exact same way that Rodgers did uh, when yeah. he broke his collarbone, and, collar it, and it
1: was bothering him too. Tate Fraser, it was bothering him.
0: Yep. Uh, next up, we got the KGB award. Uh, who's that this week?
1: I think we're going to put that on the Kansas City Chiefs. They, mm. they go into the New York Giants, play a one and eight team, and they come out of You know, they're sitting there and they get put on the. La- you know, you've got to say to yourself, hey, this was one of those – this is a trap game. This is one of those things that Parcells used to talk about all the time. Don't take the cheese. Don't bite on it, right? You can't do this. You've got to be able to, to, to think your way through it. And, and, unfortunately, the Chiefs didn't. All the praise – you know, I talked about Matt Nagy uh, on Twitter about him and how people are thinking about him being head coach. I think all that praise. And then they come in and laid a huge egg on a team. And then next week, you know, they've got to get ready for their game. You know, now it's all, now they're 6-4, and four, right? And mm-hmm. so now they play Buffalo at home, be a hard game for them, even though Buffalo, you know. It, so, to me, I, I think they got to be really disappointed in that performance.
0: I'm going to call it the return of the McAdoo. He did it. The return
1: of the, and we, we did it. We're helping them. We're going to have McAdoos and McAdones every, every week from now on. Until, well, we, I told you, since we have to enjoy them now that we have them.
0: What do you think about his sunglasses? His Nike sunglasses?
1: Love it. I, I mean, I think he's a trendsetter. I think the hair slicked back, there's the Wayfarers on. I mean, I think Don Henley wrote a song about him. Actually,
0: I think uh, McAdoo dresses like an MLB, you know, manager or like a pitching coach or something. But an, a, a bet, f- luckily, luckily <laughs> for us, have
1: any, he doesn't have any garb from the uh, from the. Uh, uh, a veterans thing, did he? He doesn't have any. Never saw. Never wore any of that, right?
0: No, he keeps it classy. Keeps it straight. He keeps his own outfit. He doesn't let the. He don't. Let, he doesn't let the trend set him. You know, he picks his own outfits. I appreciate it, Ben McAdoo. I'm on your side. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, we got can't tell my courage from my desperation. Who's that this week?
1: You know, I think it's got to be Baltimore. I mean, mm-hmm. look, Baltimore shut out Green Bay, and, you know, I feel bad for Green Bay fans because they finally now know what life's like without a quarterback. I mean, all the Browns fans, you know, all the teams that have haven't have had a quarterback for so long and have had a struggle through some shitty years, uh, you know, the Packers have gone from Favre to Rodgers. They've enjoyed this, and now, you know, Brett Hundley doesn't look anything like he's got a chance to be a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, turns the ball over. But Flacco on the other side, I thought Flacco was a disaster. I mean, like, they won that game, and I thought Flacco was horrible, but they just kept playing. And thank God they were playing a team that was going to turn the ball over as much as they did, and they shut out the Packers. And, you know, I give them credit for being courageous, but, I mean, Flacco, it, it, it was hard to watch Flacco in the game. He, he, he threw for 183 yards. He took sacks he shouldn't have taken. And – but – you know, they won the game, so I'm going to give them a courageous award, but I'm not sure they're just not desperate. I mean, they're a team. They get in the playoffs. I just don't see how they could get anywhere with the way their offense plays right now.
0: Absolutely. But I will say this: Brett Hundley is very, very, very lucky that Nathan Peterman had the day that he had because Brett Hundley. Was bad at and he got blown up a few times by that he Ravens got defense. Six
1: times, Steve Frazier. He's yes. getting the shit kicked out of him. He, <laughs> he not only threw three interceptions, he fumbled the ball. I mean, it was look. You can't get any worse. You can't play any worse than he played. They had four fumbles in the game. They, now they lost two of them, but they had four fumbles in the game. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: And Mike McCarthy, after the game, when they asked him about the situation with Hundley, he said, "That's our quarterback." I don't think we can call no him choice. a quarterback. He's just a guy that lines up out there. I don't yeah, think... Uh, no, he's
1: got, <laughs> the poor guy's got no choice. I mean, they have no choice. I mean, this is life This is life without a quarterback. I mean, this is what you're going to find out.
0: Uh, and finally, we have, if you don't know, now you know.
1: I, I think it's the Patriots and the Steelers. I, I think one thing about this week, you know, before Thanksgiving, and this to me, this is a really good weekend of football. I, I, I thought it was great. I think the two best teams in the AFC are New England, and I think it's Pittsburgh. I think that's pretty obvious. And, you know In the NFC, I think it's Philadelphia. I think, obviously, the Vikings are a good team. The New Orleans Saints are a good team. There's a little bit more balance over there. The Eagles are the best team. But I think the AFC, it's really a two-team race. It's a one-two seed, whoever gets that. And I think everybody else is just really going to have a hard time figuring out. So that, to me, is now you know that. And there's so many teams. Like the Miami Dolphins, now we know they're no good. We've always thought they were no good when they were 4-4, and and they were lucky to be 4-4. and Now they're no good.
0: And we do know this, too. That Bolo tie is swinging, and Phil Rivers is coming. I'd watch yeah, out. here we come, man. If I was Omar the Chiefs, coming, y'all. I'd be worried. Uh,
1: yeah. If you were the clapper, if you're the clapper, <laughs> you better be worried. Look, I'm going to tell you what. They're going to rush. Look, if if Smith doesn't come back and play left tackle with these two ends coming up the field, you mm-hmm. they're going to cause problems. See, because Dallas has no explosive players. I mean, even though they gained yard run, yards running the ball, they couldn't make any plays in the passing game. You know, at some point, you got to be able to throw the football. This is, to me, we're in November now. Okay, so when you get in November, there's two things that have to happen. The opponent's going to know what you're going to do, and you've got to be able to execute it. And you've got to be able to stop the opponent from doing what they want to do. Those are the two things that make teams in November successful. And right now, Dallas can't do it. Obviously, New England and Pittsburgh can. There's a few teams in the NFC. Philly's certainly being one of them. But to me, that's the biggest issue. November football is about doing what you have to do when the other team knows you're going to do it.
0: And we got Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Two teams that are looking to make a wild card push. Obviously, the, the Seahawks right now, as it stands, are you know the other wild card team in, team in the NFC with the Panthers. They're uh, six and three at the moment. Uh, we got the Falcons who are at five and four. This is a pretty big game for wild card implications yeah. tomorrow night. Uh, what should we look for uh, in that game between those two?
1: Well, look, I, you know, Seattle's a beat-up team. I mean, look, they lose Chancellor, they've lost Sherman. I mean, mm-hmm. can they keep bouncing back from all these injuries? I think what I'm disappointed about Seattle, I love their toughness as a team. What I've been disappointed about Seattle is their inability for the defensive line to really take over the game. They're not the same defensive line as they've been in the past. Everybody focuses on their corners, Sherman being out, Chancellor now being out. But their defensive line hasn't been able to make it up, and we'll see where they are offensively. Atlanta, to me, Atlanta has got some potential – I know Simmons loves them. He thinks that they can make a few plays here and there. To me, I think when they get in the fourth quarter, they always have their knees shaking. They're not sure they can stand on on solid ground. I worry about it. But to Seattle, I'm looking for Seattle – to have a significant win, where they, uh, where I leave the game saying they're a really good team. I know they're tough. I know they love to compete, but I just don't know how good they are.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people are expecting you know the names that you know the Sheldon Richardson types to make the plays. But when I watch that Seahawks D line, I mean it's Jerron Reed and Nas Jones are the two guys that really stand out that come in and yeah, make an I'm impact. I'm waiting for
1: Richardson. I'm waiting for Bennett to kind of jump in there, and it hasn't happened yet. Now maybe it will, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, it could happen because it's November, and you know people that some of those guys start turning it on because it's about time to make the push for the play. Off. So we'll see if that happens tomorrow night on, on uh, Monday Night Football. Um, Lombardi, I, before we get out of here, I, I need to ask you about the 76ers. They had this great game last night. They had This great first quarter, I should say. Not a great game. They get this big lead on the Warriors, and then the Warriors come back in the third quarter and put 47 on them and, and swing the whole game. Steph Curry puts up 35, 5-5. Five and five. Um, What's going on with the Sixers? How are you feeling? You feel good? You like Ben Simmons? I actually
1: do feel pretty good. You know, I like the team. I mean, they're actually getting better. I, I, I wish that they would trade Okafor but I like it. I think they're making progress. I mean, I think Simmons is great. I don't know where we are with faults. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on, but I'm happy. I'm pretty happy. I'm not I'm not going to be miserable about it. At least I can enjoy the ticket. I like now I can enjoy it. Look, like I have something to look forward to at four o'clock.
0: You're two for four. You got Embiid. You got Simmons. Those are two great A guys yeah. that could be all stars, possibly superstars. You know, and then you got the other two guys, Okafor and Fultz. Where you know you just gotta wait and see what happens with those two guys. I I think you're in good spirits. I think the Philadelphia fans in general. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of riches up in Philadelphia. You got the nine and one Eagles. You got the Sixers that are finally making this sw- you know this swoon period and finally showing signs of of growth and the process working out. So. Congratulations to Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, and I just don't know how Chris Christie's going to get back into the state of New Jersey. Somebody's <laughs> liable to take his head off. Well, Good luck, Chris.
0: He'll probably shut down the bridge again, right, if he has to, or at least yeah. he'll figure something right. out.
1: Yeah, whatever, whatever, we'll raise my taxes one more time. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's another edition right, of GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. <laughs> Mr. Mike Lombardi, thank you for joining me. This has been fun.
1: Thanks, Dave Frazier.
0: Thanks again to Hotel Tonight, an awesome app for finding and booking great deals at great hotels. No crashing on an air mattress in your childhood bedroom this year. Instead, lock down your holiday plans with Hotel Tonight. Book a room up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Or wait until the last minute if that's more your speed. You can make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. I do not have an Uncle Tony. Whether you need a room for tonight, the holidays, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app
1: now.